on this Sunday, as God takes us to the letter H and he takes us to Hosea, amen, that's the book that we're going to be in. Um, and like I said, his name means, Hosea means Savior, and it also means safety. Mm -hmm. So the question that God has us thinking about today is, in a time of distress, where is your safety? Mm -hmm. You know, ask yourself that question right now. In times of distress, where is my safety? Where is my safety? Mm -hmm. And it should be in your marriage to the Savior. And y'all are going to understand why I use the word marriage in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. But your safety in a time of distress should be in your covenant. It should be in your marriage with the Savior. Amen. 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 Y'all pray for me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So this is Hosea um, 1 and 2. Hosea 1 and 2. It says, when the Lord first spoke. came to Hosea, the son of Beriah, in the days of Uzziah, and the kings of Judah. And in those days, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, was king of Israel. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed a great whoredom, departed from the Lord. Amen. Amen. So the Lord told Hosea to go and basically take a wife who was a prostitute. He asked Hosea to marry a prostitute. Y'all can be seated. He asked Hosea to marry a prostitute. And that's exactly what he did. And as you read on, the word says that Hosea, that, that his wife Gomer gave birth to three children. Um, and each one of these children had a name that symbolized something. Mm -hmm. All right, the first one was Jezreel, and Jezreel was—it wasn't so much what his name represented; it was his name described the place where something happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then the next child, Amen. Thank mm -hmm. you, Lord. The next child's name means unloved, no mercy, and the last child name was not my people. Mm -hmm. And to understand this story, y'all, y'all got to understand that God's people were divided at this time. Okay? Mm -hmm. So Hosea was a prophet and Hosea was sent to prophesy to the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. And God asked Hosea, he's basically when he told him to go marry this prostitute, God was telling him I need your life, amen, to be a testimony of how my people treat me. I want your life to be a living testimony of how my people treat me. And you got to understand that when I say you got to understand the division, 
God's people were divided into two nations, the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. And God says, as you're prophesying to Israel, as you're prophesying to Israel, your life is going to be an example of how they treat me. But in the end, I'm going to bring everything back together because I'm trying to teach them where their safety truly lies. Amen. 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 And this is what I get for not writing on paper, y'all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, uh, Hosea chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Amen. Yet a number of the children of Israel shall be as the sands of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Amen? Amen. All right. So to understand this scenario, y'all, to understand this scenario, Hosea's wife represents the nation. Amen. And Hosea's children represent the people. Amen. Hosea's wife represents the nation. And Hosea's children represent the people. To apply that to today, God has a church that's all over this whole this whole world, right? But Christians make up the people that represent the church. Right? Mm -hmm. The church is not just the four walls. It's the people that make it up. And so in this scenario, God is saying, I want you to marry this person who is unfaithful. And the children that come out of this person are also going to be unfaithful. Mm -hmm. But Hosea, I don't want you to leave this person even though she's unfaithful and the children she produces is unfaithful. I want you to stay with her, and I want you to raise them. And God makes Hosea do this because he wants the people to see how faithful he is yes, yes, towards us. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so I, don't, I, I hope this is not just disjointed, disjointed for y'all because it's, it's not how I had it laid out. So I'm just, Lord, help me just do my best so that the message comes across. If you read those first verses 1 through 9, and God is just laying down the backstory, each one of those children's names just represent how God is going to treat his people because of their unfaithfulness. Mm -hmm. he, he, he tells them, at a certain point, you are going to feel unloved, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. At a certain point, I'm not going to have any mercy on you. Mm -hmm. And then those two verses that I just read, 10 and 11, he comes back and says, but I'm going to bless you. Right? So he starts out telling you, like, I'm going to strip the kingdom from you, because that's what happened in that place, Jezreel. I'm going to strip the kingdom from you. You're going to feel in love, and I'm not going to show you any mercy. But I'm going to bring everything back together again, because I love you. 
And the reason that I broke down, like Goma represents the nation and her children represents the people and then the church and Christians is because I want y'all to understand what's currently happening right now, which is the church. I don't know if y'all like really, and as I was preparing, I said, God, I, like, I don't know if people really, like the church is going through a, 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 a period of persecution. Right? And it's not like overseas in Africa persecution. A lot of people are falling away from the faith. And what I mean by that, I don't know if y'all have played like all of the racial stuff that has happened. Mm -hmm. A lot of black people are um, questioning the power structure of how church has been done in the West for so long. Mm -hmm. Y'all understand? Mm -hmm. So what happened this summer with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor is now spilling over into the church. Mm -hmm. And it's this great divide in the church between black and white. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then just recently, I don't know if y'all know this name, like Rab Rabbi Zacharias. Mm -hmm. Just like, so he's this great apolog uh, apologist, which is a person who explains why Jesus is real. Yeah, yeah. Had a ministry that went all over the world where he recently got um, exposed for basically sexual misconduct over years. Right. So that's causing a lot of people to question whether his ministry was real. So people are falling away from the faith. Right. And so the reason that I'm saying all of this stuff is because I want you all to understand that people are falling away from the from the church or from religion. But there is still safety in the person of Jesus. Amen. And the reason that people are falling away, we could look at it like, you know, they oh, that, that makes sense. They have a reason to fall away. But the reason that God is allowing all of these things to be exposed is because when the people don't, when, when Christians don't live what they say they're supposed to live, God has to expose it. He has to say, you're not my people. He has to say, I don't love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. He has to say, I'm not going to have mercy on life. I'm going to punish y'all. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to bring my true church back. Mm -hmm. Because there is safety in me. And so I'm saying all of this to y'all because in a time of distress, people need Jesus. They don't need religion. Mm -hmm. They need Jesus. They don't need religion. And so this whole sermon is about where do you find safety in a time of distress? You find it in Jesus and not religion. Yes. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. yes. And, I, and, and it, this is also a word of encouragement because it's, it's easy to lose heart when you see all of this racial stuff going on or you see great, or you see people who have portrayed themselves as great Christians fall. It's easy to lose faith. But God is still saying, but I'm faithful. Yes, yes. I'm faithful, even with all of these other things, even when you're questioning what all of these religious people are doing. I'm still faithful. I will still be married to you. Amen. But so many times we trust in other things other than the Lord. Amen. 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 And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Hosea too. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go to Hosea, the second chapter. In the second verse, look what um, 
God starts to speak. God says, plead with your mother. And y'all got to remember how I just said that that Gomer is the mother and she has these children, right? And I said that the church is like the, the mother and then the church has these little Christian children. Plead with your mother. Plead for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her adulteries from between her, her breasts. Hosea turns to his children. Think about Hosea as God. Hosea turns to his children and say, I need you to plead with your mother. And so God, in this season, in this time of distress, God is asking his children to plead with the church. Plead with the church. And when you say, well, pastor, like, it ain't but so many of us in here. Who am I pleading with? Plead with other Christians. Y'all, y'all, like, remember when I just said that the church is all over the world. So even though you don't go to the same church, if somebody else is calling themselves a Christian, right, but you see things that you know that are a hindrance to the gospel, it's a whoredom. You know that it's a hindrance to the body. Then you should turn to them and plead. If they say they are part of the church, you should plead with them to put down the things that bring shame to the name of Christ. And the reason that we should plead is in the third verse. So Hosea tells his children to plead. He says, lest I strip her naked. Lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day that she was born. And make her as a, as a wilderness. And set her like a dry land. And slay her with thirst. Y'all got to understand this imagery. Apply this imagery to the church. God say, plead with the church unless I strip it naked. Like the church, y'all got to, the church is losing its power. So when you're talking about civil or you're talking about the people that you're ministering to, even though they have like, a lot of times people, they, they, they say they have faith. And they very well do. So it's like we got to make sure that we edify them. Or strengthen them when we see that they thirst so that they know the truth about the Lord. Amen. So that the church can be strong. Amen. So that the body can be strong. Because all the, all the faithness, all the religious, God is going to, and he's, that's what he's doing. He's stripping the church of his power. So all of this racial reckoning that has occurred is like, is making all of these people who for so long have have um, subjugated people of color or subjugated women or all of these things that they had been doing, like they come into light and people are, are like people are not being quiet anymore and people are getting exposed for their hypocrisy. Like they get, and God is basically pulling the covers, right? And that's a good thing, but to an unbeliever, all they see is the hypocrisy. They don't see Jesus anymore, and now they don't want anything to do with Jesus. So the only thing that's being seen right now is all the negatives of Christianity. Who's going to stand up and plead about the good that God has done? That has to be us. That has to be the children of the church. 
We have to plead with the church unless it gets stripped naked. Amen. Amen. He says, for their mother played the harlot. She that conceived them have done shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers that give me bread and water, my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. My drink. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find her paths. So in those verses, God is saying, like the church has gone the way of the world. The church has gone the way of the world. So much about what churches do now is about money or influence or showmanship or name recognition of the pastor or name recognition of the ministry. But the part where God says, but I'm going to hedge her up, right? That means he's not going to allow the ministry, like you can be putting on, doing all of these things but I'm going to box you in so your ministry won't be effective. And I'm not talking about the number of people you have. I'm talking about the effectiveness, the number of people who are actually saved and living for the Lord. He says your ministry won't be effective. And that's what's happening right now. It's like the, the church, it's all of these churches, but the ministry is not effective. And God is stripping it of his power. Right? He says in the seventh verse, and she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but shall not find them. It's like people, are, the, the church is chasing after the world, not realizing that the world don't love you. It's like we try to impress the world, but at the end of the day, the world don't want the church. You trying to impress somebody, it's like you tr like that's like us trying to date somebody that don't love us. Mm -hmm. They're gonna use you for a time, but they're not they're not going to make a commitment. Mm -hmm. And that's why when I started, I said in a time of distress, where should your safety be? It should be in your marriage to the Savior. Mm -hmm. It should be in your marriage to the Savior. Gomer did not realize, right, that she was a prostitute. That she was like, you are getting used by multiple people. The world is using you up. And I step in and I marry you and I say that I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to be your only one and I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm taking you from a world of being promiscuous to a world of fidelity. Thank you, Jesus. That's what God does for us. Yes, yes. Amen, amen. Amen. But Gomer was chasing the world. And that's why that's why God refers to the church as his bride. Because he wants us to know that we like the relationship and the bond is sacred. And when he talks about the when the word talks about the marriage bed being undefiled, that's bigger than just sex between spouses. That's that's like fidelity, that's safety, that's intimacy. And that's how God wants us to look at our relationship. So when you're talking about safety and security, that can only be found in Christ. Mm -hmm. That eighth verse says, For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil. Y'all, the imagery of that, the corn mm -hmm. and the wine and the oil. 
That's like that's like an overflow. When you think about the oil, that's like it's yeah. like a flowing. It's like an anointing, the wine. That's, that's all that I was thinking about that imagery. And multiplied her silver and her gold. Like Homer was like, I was, I took a prostitute and I adorned her in the best. My anointing. My love. Like I'm setting the table before you. Amen. But the beginning of that verse says, but she did not know it. Therefore, I will return and take away my corn in the time thereof, and my wine in the season thereof, and I will recover my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. When Jesus talks about divorce, what's the one reason? What's the one reason that Jesus say, if you, you know, and he does not advocate for divorce. Yeah. He advocates for separation even before divorce. But the one thing that Jesus Says divorce can 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 is okay. Uh, it's infidelity. When infidelity has occurred, and so when we see God say, "Okay, I took you from the streets and said I was gonna be faithful to you, and you are still um, cheating on me, and I'm gonna strip you of the things that I gave you." So that you can apply that to yourself personally, you can apply that to your family, you can apply that to an institution that you work at, you can apply that to the church. Is God doing this? Is God doing this just to be spiteful? You hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. And the answer is no. God is trying to get them to realize just how good he's been. So think about this now. God is so good that he would say, okay, go be with the person that you cheating on me with. And when, they, when you see that they can't love you like I can, I'll still take you back. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. And now I will discover her lewdness Right? Now I will discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and none shall deliver her out of my hand. Think about that. He says, Go be with your lover. And he said, I'm just going to sit here and watch all of the filthy things that you do with your other lover. Yet and still, none of them will be able to take you out of my hand. Jesus. I will also cause all her emergencies, her feast days, her new moons, her Sabbaths, and all her solemn feasts. Right? So in that verse, y'all got to think about, oh, and I, for a moment, I want to just go back to the imagery of the church. It's like, we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate Easter and we celebrate all of these and now it's the season of Lent and all of these festivals and all of these and all of those things are supposed to remind us of Jesus, right? And we're supposed to celebrate Jesus. But when you are not faithful to Jesus, then what do those all of those holidays and ceremonies and friends and family day and all of those and pastor appreciate what do those things mean if the church don't have any power? 
And so that's why Hosea says none of those Sabbath and new moons, none of that stuff matters. He says, I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, whereof she say, these are my rewards that my lovers have given me. And I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. And I will visit upon her the days of Balaam, wherein she burned incense to them. And she decked herself with earrings and jewels, and she went after her lovers and forgot me, said the Lord. And so all why, all why Gomer is cheating on um, Hosea, she's just adorning herself in the things of the world. She's chasing after cars. She's getting new clothes. She's saying, look at what my lover gave me. Look at the new house that my lover gave me. Look at the job that my lover got me. Look at all of these things. That's what she's saying. But in the beginning of the 12th verse, God says, but I'm going to destroy all of that. Mm -hmm. And what he means by that, y'all, we have to know, like when, when, it, when we go back to that question at the beginning, in a time of distress, where is our safety? We have to know where our blessing comes from. Because just because we have things does not mean we are safe. Just because you're in a relationship does not mean that you are safe. Just because you're married to someone does not mean that you are safe. Just because you got money in your bank account does not mean that you are safe. Only what you do for God will last. We have to know where our blessings come from. And that's why God does not care. Like, so we a lot of times we measure the success of a ministry or of a person by what they have. We look at how big the church is, or we look at how fancy the car is, or we look at the title on the door, and we say they are successful. Oh, they got degrees. They're, they're successful. But God says there's no safety in any of those things. So that's why he doesn't care whether we have them or not. Because at the end of the day, God knows that if you want true security... You're going to have to come back to the love of your soul. Amen. 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 Yes, Lord. So that's why he tells us in Psalm 37, fret not thyself over evildoers. Mm -hmm. Right? That's why I seem like sometimes, how do these people get so rich and they, but they so wicked? God, why do you keep blessing them? Mm -hmm. And that's why God tells us, don't even worry about that because at the end of the day, none of that is going to matter. None of that is going to matter. Say so how you can have all of that. And so after the 13th verse, God says, after she, after she has gone back to the world, look what he says he's going to do. And I love the word that he uses in the King James. He says, Therefore, behold, I will allure her. That, that's a love word. Right? I'm going to, and, and this is some meat now. He says, I'm going to allure her. And God does not allure her with good things or fancy things. He says, I'm going to allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably to her. So I want y'all to understand that God wins or he loves us back with a wilderness experience. Sometimes he wins you back with isolation. He wins you back. Like after the world has failed you, he puts you all by yourself. And be, you be like, God, how is this loving? Like, this don't feel like you love me. 
Now y'all got to go back to them children's names when he said, you are not my people and I'm not going to show no mercy and unloved, right? He takes, he said, I'm going to allure her back. You see, the world is not, and the world is not because you, you left God, the world ain't do no good, then where are you at that point? You just out there in the wilderness, lost. Yes, Lord. But that's God pulling you back. And I love the second part of that verse. It says, even though you're in the wilderness, I'm going to speak comfortably unto her. And 15 says, and I will give her vineyards from thence. Right? And in and, and the Good News translation, it says, in the valley of trouble for a door of hope. And she shall sing there. Notice he's saying the valley of trouble is going to turn into a door of hope. A lot of people don't get this, that sometimes your way to safety is going through a period where you feel like God is not there. Mm -hmm. But he's really trying to bring you to a place of safety. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth. What does that mean? He says... Sometimes after you don't walk away, hey, I got to bring you back to when you first when you first met me or first heard about me. Yeah. Or I got I got to I got to remind you of all that I spared you from in the world. I got to bring you back. Yeah. Right? And he does that by telling the people, he said, I'm gonna bring you back to the days of your youth when I brought you up out of Egypt. Because y'all be all remember that was the day when the nation got back, like they got baptized. They got set free. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how God can set us free and then we still be craving the world. Yes. And then it goes back to that sermon on Fox. All those little breaks in our spiritual foundation and then the earthquake come, we find ourselves back in the world because mm -hmm. we're not fully established. Mm -hmm. So then when he brings us back, he says that he's going to take the name of Balaam out of her mouth. It's something about after you've been in the world and you've seen, and, and, and all of this is about his, and I'm coming in, y'all, I don't even know where it is on the slide, so y'all might be confused if y'all looking at the slide, but all of this has to speak about God's faithfulness. Yes, yes. And that's how, like, if you really don't, you, I love the imagery and all of, of what Hosea is saying just about marriage. And about faithfulness. And about after all the wrong you've done, God still being willing to receive you back. Yes, thank you, Still being willing to receive you back. And so in that 17th verse when he says, I'm going to take the name of Balaam out of your mouth. It's like when God does that for you, when he's really done that for you, the world disgusts you to the point that you don't want it back. Yeah. When he takes drinking away from you, even if you could drink a little wine, it doesn't interest you. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. the, 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 and, and, I, and I use that example of wine because, and we've talked about this before, the Bible doesn't exclusively say that you can't drink it. Mm -hmm. Right? But if, if that was your struggle, if that was the thing that was pulling you under, and God takes that away from you, in order to save you, you don't have a desire to go back to it even though you can. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Even though I can watch this, I don't have a desire. Lord. Even though I can listen to this, I don't have a desire. Yes. Like it, it doesn't. It, like the, the, the taste is not even there anymore. Lord. We we talked about before so many times in this church how some of us went from being people that curse to not even remembering when we stopped. Amen. Right? Amen. We don't even. You all of a sudden you just stop, and that's what he means by he takes it out of your mouth. Thank you, Lord. Do y'all see like do y'all see how he's cleaning Goma up? Yes, yes. She's been through a lot now. She started as a prostitute. She got married. She left her husband. She went back to the world. She went through a wilderness experience. But that's the thing about God. After all of that, he is still he is still a safe place. Yes. Right, and then when we get to the 18th verse. Then we get to the 18th verse. And in that day, I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven and with the creeping things of the ground. And I will break the bow and the sword and the battle out of the earth and will make them to lie down safely. And I will betroth thee unto me forever. Y'all understand what he's saying? Like, after all it is. Let's re-say these vows again. I'm going to marry you again. Thank you, Jesus. I choose you a second time. Thank you, Jesus. I choose you a second time. And, and all of that about the beast of the field and the boat, he says, and I'm going to, like, as, a, as your husband, see, we're going to get married again, and I'm going to show you that I can protect you. Yes. Everything that was in the, like, because y'all got, she just came from the wilderness, right? So with all of that about the beast of the field and the breaking of the boat is God saying, I'm going to protect you from the wilderness. You don't have to go back there. You don't have to go back to being attacked. I will marry you again. And I'm going to marry you in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness. And thou shalt know the Lord. And anytime y'all see that word know, that means intimacy. And it shall come to pass in that day, I will hear, saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth. And the earth shall hear the corn, and the wine, and the oil. Y'all see the, the, the anointing that's starting to flow again. And all of the things that she gave for, for the world, God is returning to her. And they shall hear Jezreel. And when you look up his names, it's like basically breaking forth in joy. And so that name is important because when he first said it, it was the place that the kingdom was ripped from, like murders occurred in that place. But God has a way of taking, taking something where something bad happened or where death happened or a tragedy happened and turning it around. Like the, the, the name Jezreel didn't mean something bad. Something bad just occurred there. The church is not bad in and of itself, but bad things have been occurring. But God can turn it around. And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, these are the children's name, right? I will have mercy upon her that had not attained mercy. Mm -hmm. That was one of the kids' names, no mercy. 
and I will say to them which were not my people, thou art my people. Right? It's like God saying, everybody come on back home. Your mama was a prostitute, and y'all was kind of like, just wait. Y'all were like prodigal children, but he's saying, just come on back home. Thou art my people, and they shall say, thou art my God. Amen. 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 And so I had on one, I don't know which slide it was on, but I had on one of these slides. God just had me recount um, just since 2015 the word that he has been preparing us for. You know, from how to build a church to 2016 with choices to 2017 with victorious living in 2018. Uh, victorious living in the face of opposition in 2019, faith and hearing and understanding favor, and then last year in 2020, uh, redemption stories, and then like the little, um, the little series in between on the beatitudes and Ruth and Daniel. And as I'm looking at all of those things, and now we are in this series in times of distress, God is just like I have been preparing y'all to stand up for me as my church. So that people know that there is safety in me. Right? I've given you time, like I you started, and so as I was preparing, I just say, okay, 2015, that was the first year without Pastor Carter. And God was like saying to 3PD, I'm getting ready to establish the church with you, Reverend Johnson. And then he started saying for a whole year, choices are gonna have to be made. And that's when we were transitioning from America to Auburn. He was like, choices are gonna have to be made. Some people are going to stay and some people are going to go. And then in 2017, he took us over into victorious living. He started to help us to walk to our promised land and told us that we're going to face opposition. But by the time we got to 2019, he was like, just listen to me faithfully, right? Because in 2020, I'm going to start writing redemption stories. And I truly believe like last year in this church, we started to see God answer our prayers as a church more than any other time since we have been in Auburn or since Pastor Carter's death. We saw him begin to answer our prayers collectively as a church. And that just ties into the testimony that you gave today. While we yet praying God is moving or down to pop a pop, the testimony you gave, or Micaiah, or whatever it is, as we pray, like God has started or down to to Tatia, just the research, like whatever it is, whatever we been, we were praying for last year, it seemed like God did not hesitate yes, to move, yes, right? Yes. And this preparing us with with Ruth, he 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 worked with us on our own redemption story first, but when we got to Daniel, it became how do we translate this over into our environment? And then with the Beatitudes, it became, you know. How do I take that even higher? How do I like, okay, I know I, I know you're redeeming me and I know you want to redeem my environment, but how do you, like, how can I be holy, like sanctified? Yes. And so now he has us in a time of distress. He wants us to act on Act on the things that we have been learning as a church. Because there should be safety in Jesus. Y'all understand what I'm saying? There should be safety in Jesus. And when I say it should be safety in Jesus, it should be safety in, in us. 
As a church, when people walk in here, they should feel safe. And that's how you know whether Jesus is in the church or not. That's how you know whether Jesus is in the church or not. Is it a safe place? Is it a place where the people are faithful? Is it a place where the people, you can tell the people are married to Jesus? Is it a place where the, you can tell the people are married to Jesus because when they testify, they talk about when they were in the world and get God? Y'all understand what I'm like? It should show up. And that's how people should be able to identify, okay, I'm in a safe place because it's not about the money. It's not about the possessions. It's not about judging. It's not about this or that. Mm -hmm. It's about Jesus. And that's what the book of Hosea is about. Yeah. God's faithfulness to us and our faithfulness towards him. Amen. 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 Y'all get a Holy Ghost a big hand for that one. Not me.